I have a hunch that we'd all be a lot happier discussing this over dinner. What do you say? You guys like Italian? No. Yes. Yeah, no. no. Yes. No. Yes. I love Italian. And so do you. Yes. Men to Geek Salad episode 133, The Sausage King of Little China. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And we are here today to talk all about the movies of 1986, considered by many to be one of the best years for movies of the 80s ever. Yeah, hard to, hard to argue against that point, to be honest. Yeah. It is kind of tough. It is kind of tough. So before we begin, let's get into Chris's cultural corner, The Return! Of Chris's cultural yes. corner. Yay! KKK, that's not good. Hi, Chris. And Chris writes, hello, Geek Salad crew. Early in the year, I did my random.org picks of the top 100 songs of 1986. Four out of the five songs were movie songs. There were quite a few great movie soundtrack songs from 1986. Most hit the Billboard Hot 100 charts at some point. However, there were some well-known movie songs that didn't chart. This is my top five 1986 movie songs. That didn't chart on Billboard. Number five. The Touch. Stan Bush from Transformers. The movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got the touch. You got the power. When all hell's breaking loose, you'll be right in the eye of the storm. Chris writes, uh, from the only good Transformers movie, this song rocks. I was so surprised to learn that it never charted. You know what the funny thing is? You know what my first introduction to the song, at least that I can remember, was? Boogie Nights. I had yeah. seen Transformers the movie, but I had no memory of this song. Oh. And then, you know, when Mark Wahlberg, like, half-asses the song. Yeah. You got the touch! The scene where... It- where um, Hot Rod transforms into Rodimus Prime always gets me right here. Just to sell more toys. Hey, I, it worked. I bought, I bought it. <laughs> I bought Hot Rod. I bought Rodimus. Hey. I, I got Hot Rod in it. I never and got, I got Rodimus. Cup. And I got Cup. Cup. We'll get into that. we we got to talk about that movie in a little bit. Number four, Magic Dance from David Bowie in the Labyrinth. Indeed. You remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe of the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Voodoo. Yeah, okay. Why did you write these lyrics down, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> the late, great David Bowie gave us this gem, and every time I'm reminded of Labyrinth, I think of the scene with the song. It's catchy as hell, too. It's weird, too, because it almost doesn't sound like a real David Bowie song. Like, yeah. Underground is more like the David Bowie tune from the sh- from the movie. Yeah, that one has an excellent video Yeah. outside of the movie. And yeah, this one really solely lives within the movie. Yeah. Right. Okay. Number three. Princes of the Universe from Queen and Highlander. Say it with me, and you got to say it in the Christopher Lambert uh, broken English accent. That, that can, can be only one. one. You can always count on Queen to come up with an epic soundtrack uh, soundtrack track. See Gordon Flash <laughs> and Iron Eagle. I was introduced to that soundtrack to that song 
as because it was the main theme song to the TV show of Highlander, which right. I saw before the movie. Well, this is interesting because a kind of magic essentially is the Highlander soundtrack. Yeah, right. yeah even though officially it is. It, it yeah, yeah, because all but, yeah. of the songs show up in there. Yeah. yeah. All right, number two. I heard this song today, actually, uh, from Oingo Boingo and Back to School, Dead Man's Party. It's a dead man's party. Before Danny Elfman became uh, Tim Burton's personal composer, he was appearing along with his group Oingo Boingo in movie soundtracks like Weird Science and Back to School. I thought the song was inspired by a zombie movie at first, but now I know it's actually a song about Mexico's festival, The Day of the Dead. I love this song. This is actually one of my favorite, like, Oingo Boingo songs. I was going to say, Andy likes an Oingo Oingo Boingo song. There's quite a few good Oingo Boingo songs, though. Yeah, Weird Science. I was going to say, Only a Lad. Just another day. Nice. You go to hell, sir. You go to hell. <laughs> and then lastly, from um, The Three Amigos, Blue Shadows, Arizona Moon, by Chevy Chase, Martin Short, and Steve Martin. All of the doggies are in the corral. All of your work is done. Just close your eyes and dream, little pal. Dream of someone. When I first saw this movie and this song came on and those horses started doing that, I lost it. Not really a pop song that I would chart it anyway, but just a good, fun song. Until next podcast, Chris. And good night, Ned. Good night, Ned. Good night, Ned. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. That's a very sur- surreal movie at times. Oh, God. What, Three Amigos? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we have that in our discussion pile, so. We'll All right. We'll that later, too. Oh, yes. So, we did put this to social media. We wanted to do something a little different, because every year, when we do these movie, you know, these, these year of movie things, here's what I am invariably greeted with. 1980-whatever, OMG, so many good movies. This year I wanted to try to shake things up a little bit. I wanted your unpopular opinions. I wanted to hear about movies that people love that you're like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> you know, I don't even care if you were going to throw hate on a movie. Somebody out there has to like Somebody. Club Paradise. <laughs> by, which, by which I mean that that person believes that after Robin Williams died, he never made a bad movie ever, ever, ever. And we're including The Best of Times and Patch Adams in there. <laughs> um, well, well, uh, Millennium Man. Millennium Man. Oh, go, oh Bi- Centennial Bi- Man. Bi- Bi- Bicentennial Bi- Man. Bicentennial Bi- 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 Have you not read oh. Isaac Asimov for crying out loud? It's a, it's a terrible interpretation of Bicentennial Man. Turn in your nerd card! <laughs> All right. Um, so... You will get my opinions throughout. No but shit. I, yeah, no shit. But, you know, whenever you need cynicism, look no fu- no further than our good buddy Steve at 8COD Twitter. Shocking. I know, huh? There are so... You mean 8COD hates something? No way! Oh, boy. Okay, well, first of all, he does say that 1986, there were so many... Um, Women born, uh, there was a birth year of a whole lot of women that he really wanted to kind of have chestular sex with. What? Chestular sex with. I'm not going to use the word titfuck here. Oh, Shit, oh. I just did. All right. There's <laughs> also the um, the birth year of uh, Shia the Beef <laughs> and Megan Fox, so that's kind of transformer synchronicity. Ouch. Yeah. But here are some of Steve's... Um, Unpopular opinions. Is it unpopular to point out that people hate Bayformers for the exact same reason they love 1980s Transformers, the movie? Okay. Um, Continue. Nobody has actually ever seen the mission. We just remember its theme from dozens of epic movie trailers that followed. Enyo Morricone. I guarantee you've heard that trailer and everything. Probably. Up up until the uh, the theme from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves took over. Yep. Oh, God, yeah. Jesus. 
Um, we need to address as a society that Little Shop of Horrors is not funny, scary, or particularly memorable. Shut thy face. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured eventually we're going to get a, you shut your dirty whore mouth at some point <laughs> here, Steve, so. He just says that because he hasn't seen the original ending. Oh, God. Do you, do you ever see, were we were we hanging out when I did Little Shop in I Southboro? I don't think so, but I bought the Blu-ray for Joe, which includes oh, the original. the original, yeah. Which was like they spent a million dollars on it. Yeah, and then lost it. Yeah. Lost it all for the happy ending. Hey, good for them. I like prefer the happy ending. <laughs> the Golden Child. Wow, damn. We were really terrified of the yellow menace in those days, weren't we? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was kind of fucked up that one kid in The Boy Who Could Fly kept giving us G.I. Joe's full military funerals. Big Trouble in Little China, along with The Karate Kid, proves Americans in the 1980s didn't think Asian people had any free will. Fuck you. I thought, I thought, uh, I finally watched Big Trouble in Little China and then never seen it before. Okay. We're going to be yeah. talking about that one, yeah. so save your okay. opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, shut your, shut your pie hole. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek 4 was superior to Star Trek 2 and the box office backs me up. Dutch recover. Well, I, you will I, not argue with that, Mike. No, I actually agree with him on that one. Yeah, I, yeah, nope, yeah. I'm not arguing here. We, right. we talked a few years ago about my opinion of Wrath of Khan. <laughs> and it's a scary, scary Grover dream. <laughs> Ferris Bueller was charming sociopath and Sloan was, his mo was most likely the first victim in a psychosexual killing spree. Yeah, God, I hate to agree with Steve, but... Yeah. Karate Kid Part 2. After overcoming racism at home, Daniel-san imports it to Japan and steals their women. <laughs> <laughs> Crocodile Dundee, a film about how the great white hunter always has the biggest knife. <laughs> also the biggest blunt. Fair enough. Platoon, a mediocre film that won the Oscar for showing it... How it was the year before Full Metal Jacket did it way better. Now, I did take issue with this one, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyone else wonder how the events at the end of Top Gun did trigger World War Three? <laughs> no, because it's Tom Cruise and his packs. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, Matt Jones does write that True Confessions. He's got two True Confessions. They're not really unpopular opinions, but I've never seen Top Gun. Guilty Confession. I like the money pit. Also, due to uh, youthful indiscretions, he did pay movie money to see Jumpin' Jack Flash. <laughs> and then there's no there's no forgiveness for that. So, um, lastly, we have um, a friend of the show, uh, Jackie Stevenson, who has been retweeting our stuff. She's been really been a really huge like booster for the show lately, getting us new listeners and all that. So I do first want to take a, um, a moment just to thank her. Thank you. So thank you. much. And yes. please thank check you. out her Amazeball website, which is writerjacks, that is J-A-X dot net. And you can follow her at Twitter at writerjacks, again, J-A-X. She's got some good stuff. In she there. does have some very good stuff. She actually cataloged like all the popular movies of '86. Yeah, wow. which we are now going to de deconstruct, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so now, as uh, is, see, I, I did get a couple of. Oh, you did! Oh my God, wow. you did! Only, only like. Holy shit! Two. Why didn't you tell me this? Only two. I'm gonna have a drink now. Um, a couple of people from the uh, Nerd United's One podcast, which I'm a fairly regular contributor. Uh, contributor to. Um, Paul English wrote, Little Shuffle Horrors is the only good movie musical ever made. Wow. Yeah. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> Alright. Okay. And, uh, Colton Hunt wrote, The ending of Ferris Bueller's Day Off kind of sucks with Ferris being the only character to have a story resolution. Mm. I disagree with that one, but... We're getting into that. Yep. So is that it? That's it. Anybody else get anything? No. No. Seriously, Ryan, your brother didn't do anything this time, Jim? My brother wasn't even born in 1986. Well, that's what? just his... Oh, no, wait. Yeah, I was. <laughs> no, I was thinking of my boyfriend, but no, he was three. But then okay. I, I listed off the movies for him, and he was like, holy cow, I've seen a lot of those. Yeah. No, my brother hasn't not seen those movies. The funny thing is about, about 86 is that there were movies that came out in 85 and 87 that people think came out in this year. Like autumn. No, no, you see, I'm the I'm the opposite. I'm thinking because I, 85 was such. I think 85 was such a good year that 
I didn't lump a lot of movies into 1985. I'm actually going to go with 87, uh, which obviously will be next year, but Autumn was actually asking me if we were going to talk about Princess Bride. Yeah. yeah. Which I have to keep reminding myself is not a movie that was released in 88. Wait, wait. That wasn't released in 87, in 87 uh, in was, 88 or 86? It was 87. 87. 87. Ooh. <laughs> I remember because it was a big thing freshman year, in uh, my freshman year in high school. Wow. I remember my senior in high school when Heather's was the big uh, to-do. So, yeah. <laughs> 89. 89. It's only three Heather, years away. Batman. Yep. All right. So, every year we do this. We're just going to do it a little differently this time. But first, we're going to start off with the top ten domestic gro box office grossing movies of 1986. Just starting out the top ten with um, a, a total cumulative $70.1 million, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The key to faking out the parents is the clammy hands. It's a good non-specific symptom. I'm a big believer in it. A lot of people will tell you that a good phony fever is a deadlock, but uh, you get a nervous mother, you could wind up in a doctor's office. That's worse than school. You fake a stomach cramp, and when you're bent over, moaning and wailing, you lick your palms. It's a little childish and stupid, but then, so is high school. I'm surprised if it's actually that low. I'm not. I'm not. I really am not. Given, well, given the kind of nostalgia that surrounds it and all the hype that people... Yeah, but that's the thing. It's, it's, it's the nostalgia and the things that went on later. People didn't actually spend the money in the box office at the time. Yeah. Because, because if you... If, if, Without a list in front of them, if you ask a lot of people what was one of the top grossing movie in 1986, they'd probably say Top Gun or Ferris Bueller. Right. Well, I think isn't this the highest grossing uh, John Hughes movie? No. Well, it depends on how you want to just define John Hughes movie. Uh, for directing, I believe it is. For writing, and for writing it is not. Uh, no, uh, for writing and producing, it is not. That would go to Home Alone. He, really, Home Alone? He, Home Alone. He produced. He wrote and produced Home Alone. Right oh, there's lots of movies. People think John Hughes directed Pretty in Pink. Because well, it was very much a, a John Hughes yeah, kind of vibe. Very, it also came out the same. It was also in '86. It was also in '86. I think that movie is horrifically unwatchable and unrealistic. Oh, that too. And I, I, anyways, yeah. I've anyway. never seen Pretty in Pink. Nope. No. I was a Ducky fan. However, John, I won't. You're, it, you're leading Why does the nerd never get the girl? Because the test audience is hated John, it. And then a John Hughes movie. How come the John Hughes. The test audience is hated it. However, Mike's lady fair, Jonna, said that she does love and will not have a bad word said about the Pretty in Pink sex change movie, Some Kind of Wonderful. It's the same it's movie, the same just movie. with the girls playing the boys and the boys playing the girls. And I think Craig Sheffer was playing the uh, James Spader role, so you know how that went. Wait, so so everyone in the movie's cross dressing? No. Oh, okay. But yeah, the Molly Ringwald Wall, Molly Ringwald was played by Eric Stoltz. Oh, also okay. a redhead, by the way. Um, gingers, ah. fucking gingers. They have no souls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've been over this. They do. They have one. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you collected? I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, can we get back to Ferris Bueller now? Um, what an asshole! I yeah. love Ferris Bueller. I think, I, honestly, he is the worst human being on the face. Of he the is. He, he not, really he's is. Not, he's not the worst human being, but he is not a good friend. Oh, poor Cameron! I mean, poor Cameron! I feel so. I feel bad for him. He, actually, he's a pretty good friend. He gets him out of class. Scott and hang and yeah. Scott Free. Oh, by the way, let's take your dad's two point five million dollar Ferrari without permission. And there's the car thing. You know the exact two fifty GT California Spider, one of the rarest Ferraris, worth over two and a half million. Yeah, let's just steal it. You know they didn't actually destroy it. I know they didn't actually destroy it. No, they didn't. But can you imagine the colossal? <laughs> the colossal ass kicking that Cameron got the second and um, deservedly so. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no. I mean, seriously, this is, and I can understand where Ferris is kind of coming from. That Cameron needs to get out of his shell more, kind of pursue. Right. But there's some lines. You know, I mean, this is. It's like, I'm sorry, you you don't go stealing your father's. $2.5 million <laughs> vehicle just for shit. We see where it touches hey. Joe the most. 
But the thing about Cameron is... Pardon my French, but Cameron is so tight that if you stuck a lump of coal up his ass, in two weeks you have a diamond. Do you remember the TV edit for that? <laughs> Cameron is so tight that if you stuck a lump of coal in his fist... <laughs> <laughs> now, I have heard a theory... And this was, I was listening to Junk Food Cinema, and they actually brought this up about Ferris Bueller, that before Cameron, Cameron might be a new friend, which is weird because he does say yeah. that they've been, you know, he's been saying that since the third grade. Right. right. That Charlie Sheen's character was a friend of Ferris's who kind of got lost in drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. And now Ferris is trying to make it up by being a better friend to Cameron and making sure that oh, he... Oh, jeez, if he's trying to be a better friend to Cameron, can you imagine what a dick he was to Charlie Sheen's character? Oh, my God, yeah. No, seriously, I mean, and first he's of all... He's a con man, for God's sake. Think about, I mean, a school day is what, six hours? If that. If, yeah, about six hours. So what time does he pick Sloan at? Sloan, Sloan was in at least two classes. So you figured probably about 9.30, 10 o'clock. 9.30, yeah. 10 o'clock. Um, and then arrives home before the parents get home, and it, let's just let's just be generous and say six. To drive out into Chicago, go to a museum, go to the stock exchange, have lunch, twist and shout, traverse, traverse all of Chicago in heavy, heavy traffic. Go to a Cubs game, all right? Um, yeah, and then go to a parade where uh, if aliens invaded. Us and watch just movies of 1986. I swear to God, they'll think that Twist and Shout is our our national anthem. <laughs> well, it made two appearances. It made two appearances in 1986 movies. This and Back to School. Oh yeah. Yep. Why? Because shaking the baby now. Oh God. <laughs> shaking the baby. Twist and Shout. And then he manages to get home again. Not only do they they leave Chicago, they have to stop to let Cameron decompress first. Now you now, now you figure when in high, when we were in high school school ended at about one fifty yeah ten of two yeah so that's four hours between the end of school well let's also keep in mind that his sister was at the at police station that's true yeah so they they had to go pick the her parents up parents had to go deal with that first yeah. no the mother went to go deal with that the father oh, was driving sorry, home office, yeah. from Chicago Which, yeah you know it took a couple hours. <laughs> And had to have, because of all that traffic that, yeah. you know, Ferris just beat for, for whatever reason. Because he sold his soul to the devil. Because he's Ferris Bueller. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what? I really do love this movie. I mean, it's a, good, it's a fun movie to watch. I just, I it's a like fun it. movie, but he's, he's, he's an asshole. Let's not forget the uh, the two, guy, the two uh, guys that took the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the joyride. The valets. Yeah. That was just fun. I mean, the, the thing is also with this is that we were, I mean, I was watching this, um, during, when they, they, they celebrated the 30th anniversary release. So Autumn and I are watching it, and I'm like, I'm watching this like, this is like the musical Rent. The older you get, the less sympathy you have for these people. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, he just wants you to start paying for the area you're squatting in. That's good. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you know what? I do, I still remember though. This was one of those things that it. This became popular because somebody recorded it off of HBO and started sharing it with people. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody remembers the big scene. On my French, but you're an asshole. <laughs> when righteous dude. Oh God. <laughs> to this day, when people are on a conference call and they're asking if someone's on the line, they will follow it up if they're not answered with Bueller. Bueller. Yep. 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 Hey, that, that movie introduced us to Ben Stein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank God he wasn't teaching science class, because that would have been ugly. <laughs> if you know about Ben Stein's thoughts on science, <laughs> there wouldn't be any science to talk about. Anyway, let's move on to number nine. Uh, $71.6 million. I love this movie. This Catherine, movie. you enlisted this one, too. At no, I, no I you did, Joe. All right. Ruthless people. I did actually list this one too. What the hell is going on? I'm robbing you! Stop him! Did you shoot at me? No, you moron. There's police all over the place. Hundreds of them. Do I look that stupid? Yes, you do. 
I I remember. I love this. I so much. I taped this on one of those free HBO weekends and wore this tape down. I love this movie. I've never seen this movie. You never. Oh, oh my god. My my friend had a copy. We watched it several. Oh. The thing with this movie is it's the first, like, straightforward narrative for a Zucker Abrams Zucker movie. It's also, I think, the last Zucker Abrams Zucker movie. Yeah, before Abrams went all nutty. Yeah, and Zucker did uh, Ghost. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's Danny DeVito and Bette Miller. Why would I go watch this movie? Because oh, they are. Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito is, is hilarious. Awesome. Oh, he's, he um, is. This is probably arguably his best movie. It's probably his best role outside of Sunny, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Bette Midler. No, Bette Midler is actually pretty funny in it too. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's actually she's this actually pretty, wicked funny. She is, she is very she is she is used very well. Eighty six was like her career renaissance. It was um. Wow, look at this. I added. I added. I, Listen I, to you, something all <laughs> renaissance. She started the year with Down and Out in Beverly Hills, which is a movie. Which is another. Which is a really funny movie, but it's a movie that looked like the eighties threw up all over it. <laughs> Oh come on! The the fashions introduced by the hostage s oh in my ruthless God. people really, are oh, so oh, so so eighties so eighties yeah and so hilarious. I mean, I I think this I think ruthless people was peak eighties. It yeah. is. Here's what here's what Danny DeVito made his money in the spandex mini skirt. That's how he made his money. <laughs> the character, the character. Yeah, he called he. Yeah, the phone rings. He's there with the cops because, you know, his wife's been kidnapped and he's trying to play it up. And he turns out, you know, the cops are slowly finding out that he's just an asshole. He answers the phone. He's like, no, no, Debbie can't come to the phone right now because she's sucking my dick. Hangs up and goes, I love wrong numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's, it's just it, everything. Uh, Judge Reinhold in this movie oh. is great. When he tries telling that kid, that dumb kid, the speaker system, and it was just like yep. these these gigantic useless speakers that just blast music. And he's got you can see the hopes and dreams in this kid's eyes. And then his girlfriend and when, comes in, and when you get when you die, you can be buried, buried in, in them. them. <laughs> so this all happens, and he thinks he's got the sale. And then the kid's pregnant girlfriend walks in. She's like eight months My pregnant. pregnant. Oh. He's like, oh, okay. All right, uh, and then, and show you something a little more in your price range. And the whole time he's talking, you know, it's like, we're going to do this kidnapping, and he's trying to sell his little, his innocent wife on it. And the entire time he's talking about how the world is dark and terrible, he's picking up a spider. <laughs> <laughs> Carefully escorting it out of the house, puts it down on the porch. He's like, we have to be ruthless. Goes back inside, opens the door, stops on the spider, because he realizes what he's been saying. <laughs> It is. It's seriously, Mike, you need you to have to watch it. You have to watch it. Dear <laughs> listeners at home or in your car, please stop everything and watch this movie. This... And, and bombard Michael about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Everything. Bill Pullman. This movie introduced us to Bill Pullman. Was Bill this... Pullman is the dumbest human being on the face of the planet, and he's in this But he movie. was the president, damn it. The dumbest. He was great in was a surfer in the rainbow. No, but he was he was great in this as being a real you, a big dummy. Idiot. He oh yeah, idiot. yeah, he played an idiot. Yeah. This may very well be the stupidest person on the face of the planet. <laughs> right. Let's shoot him. <laughs> Please, by all means, go run out and see. Yeah, him. yeah, yes. And speaking of movies to do the exact opposite of, um, number eight, grossing seventy nine point eight million dollars. How did this the make Golden Child? How did this make eighty million dollars? You've no idea who I am, have you? Yes, you're Sado Noopsy. <laughs> Look, I don't care who you are. I do care if you kidnap a little kid, though. I could destroy you just like that. Well, we wouldn't want that. Listen. Bring me the boy, and I'll give you the knife. And then no one will have to be destroyed just like that. Let me ask you another question. It's $80 million in 1986 money, and this was considered Eddie Murphy's first bomb. What? Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, no one counts the best defense because the best defense. But well, how, how, much money, how much money did uh, Beverly Hills Cop make? Beverly Hills Cop made a shit ton yeah. of money. Awesome. Beverly Hills Cop made so, so yeah, so, so this was the fo- his follow-up to Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, yeah. No! Wasn't it? No, 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 no. Um, no, 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 no. No, no, maybe it was. No, yeah, 86, yeah, I think it would have been. It would have been. Yeah, I don't think he did anything in 85. 
So yeah, so yeah, if this is the follow up to Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. And it makes half of what Beverly Hills Cop made, then yeah. I you checking that out, Mike? Yeah. Just to see what's in between. Yeah, I, I have only seen this movie once and I saw it on an airplane flying to California. I saw it on VHS. Oh my god. I, I don't remember much about this movie other than the special effects suck. Steve is right. We were terrified of Asians back then. <laughs> yeah. When um, Trading Places, Best Defense, Beverly Hills Cop, Golden Child, wow. Beverly Hills Cop 2, and then Raw. Oh, wow. Okay. Really? Yeah. I thought Raw was early, like, midi. I really thought there was something in between the Golden Child, but I, I must be wrong. Um, Catherine, any thoughts on this movie? I don't remember if I ever saw it. The only I thing... I, I've did. never I, seen this one. I know that for The time. only thing people remember this movie is, like, when he's trying to get the knife. Like the mystical you know, knife, you know, the knife, the <laughs> knife, the knife, the knife, the knife. Well, it's it, it's funny because oh, yeah. I play video games, and one yeah. of my favorite video games is on the Uncharted series. Mm-hmm. And Uncharted Two has a knife. One of the MacGuffins is yeah. this knife that you have to find. And it's the exact knife from Golden The design and everything is an exact copy from Golden. That's the only thing I remember. Is like, hey, that's the knife from the Golden Child. Wow. You've you gone there. You spin one of those shocker things in order to get it. I th- yeah, I didn't know. Right. This is also one of those movies that you can confuse Jeffrey Jones and uh, Charles Dance in. I believe Charles Dance was in this movie. But you could easily confuse him for Jeffrey Jones, who was kind of the same character in Howard the Duck. Yeah. <laughs> well, wasn't Jeffrey Jones also the, the principal in, in... He was. He was in First Builder. He was uh, Ed Rooney. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. The Dean of Students. Yep. Who, who has not had a very good career since then. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, he will always be the King of Austria and Amadeus. Actually, I, I how sad is this? I most know him from um, Stay Tuned. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah. I think it's Beetlejuice, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I, he was, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was in Beetlejuice, but I most remember him from Stay Tuned. God damn it. All right. <laughs> Number seven, grossing what seems to be a paltry 86.1 million, Alien. We also have Ripley's report on disc. I suggest you study it. Because just one of those things managed to wipe out my entire crew in less than 24 hours. And if the colonists have found that ship, then there's no telling how many of them have been exposed. Do you understand? Anyway, we have it on disc, so you better look at it. Any questions? What is it, Private? How do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? You secure that shit, Hudson. Concerning the cult. Yeah. Guys, I am going to throw in an unpopular opinion. I, as much as I like this movie, I still think the original Alien is a superior movie. Alien, the original Alien is a horror Sci- sci-fi horror movie. Yes, this it is, is definitely a sci-fi action thriller. I believe right. the term and I it's used not as scary. I, the, the reason Alien is superior for a lot of people is because it's scarier. Yes, a lot. there's one of them. There's one of them, and, and you, don't you don't know don't how to kill it. it. And you yeah, don't, and you don't see it that often. The term I used from Mike was this movie Aliens is a rocks out with your cocks out type of action film. This is Reagan-era alien hunting. Right. You see, you and then, then, you know, I mean, the, the one line everybody, game over, man, game over! Mm. It's, it's, it's quite quotable, and there's also, the, the other, the thing is that, you know, the first alien, oh, it's yeah. a bunch of, you know, space miners, what are they going to do? They're cornered in every corner, and right. they die. This is um, a platoon of marines. When the platoon of marines until there's, like, five left. Right. Um, you know, they bring all the guns. They bring all the ammo. They spend a lot of time showing how they're calm, they're collected, they don't care, they've done this before. They last two seconds with these aliens and are on screaming. Yeah. Like little bitches. But they do, I mean, this movie takes a lot of time showing you how to load a weapon. <laughs> yeah. And a lot, a lot of, of time showing you shells flying and all these different types of grenades that you can use and bombs and... Oh, for me, it, it's hard to really judge, compare the two because they're such different styles. Yeah, they're very And that's, that's kind of why you, it, it's like, there's no wrong answer to which one you like better. Yeah. As long as it's not Alien Resurrection, that movie sucks. Um, yeah. I, 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 I do prefer Resurrection over 3. That's an unpopular opinion. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I like Resurrection. My, my unpopular opinion is that I actually like 3. <laughs> I, I like both of them. But... 
I think between Alien and Aliens, I'd probably choose Aliens. Okay. Um, Aliens I, I, moves with the efficiency of an action movie. Right. I, I think the the fact that it just it took the uh, the concept but, that Alien was, which was a fairly simple concept, and it fleshed it out something fierce. Without the see the thing with Alien is just because it's so unknown, so new, it just yeah. it it just it it's scary. Yeah. And yeah. It's like. Well, body invasion horror, just like oh. right, right. And with this whereas, movie, whereas with Alien, well, you, you kind of yeah, it, it sucks, but you know what's kind of coming, you know, you know what's kind of coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody, was, nobody saw that Queen coming. But it wasn't; it, it didn't have the impact of saying getting a face first, getting a face hugger. Well, no, no. And then, no. You're, then you're thinking, oh, the guy's fine, no, he's fine, he's, he's all of a sudden, and all of a sudden he's got this yeah thing. The breakup of the big scenes, the money shots, if you will, in Alien, amount to more than the money shots in Alien. Now, that's not, again, not just I'm not trying to take anything and away from it's Aliens. Not, it's not like Aliens is not a bad movie. It's a right. good. It was a good action thriller. The thing, yeah, when she finally does get to the hive and sees the Queen Alien for the first time, that is pretty terrifying because yeah. this thing is gigantic. Yeah. Um, it was kind of stupid the way she kind of broke you know, away and, from and, the. And you know what, Lance Erickson's the. Bishop? Bishop getting, you know, vivisected yeah. by the queen was actually was yeah. a pretty good jump scare. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. It's actually, it's very similar to the first one where they, you think they're all safe, they think they're fine, and then suddenly, <laughs> and he's in two pieces. Yeah, and, and I'm glad that at the beginning of the movie they showed us Chekhov's uh, exo uh, loader. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Hey, anytime you see an exoskeleton with, uh, with towing capability, yeah. just like Chekhov said, you're going to see that somewhere. It's going to play a part later on. Yep. But, <laughs> however, Alien does not have a line nearly as cool as Get Away, get away from, from Maria, bitch. bitch. That's true. Yeah, I'm going to say, you know, it, like I said, Aliens is much more quotable than Aliens. Oh, yeah. not, not that it matters. Because sci-fi horror movies aren't supposed to be as quotable as sci-fi action. Right. I mean, that's, I, that's I, one of my problems with Avatar. I don't remember, no I don't, I don't remember any quotes from Alien. Because it's such a scary movie. Right, but and it's also a lot more. The characters have more banter. Right, Right. you know, like if I the first I sit there and go to my head, what would I go to? And I'm like, it's the black guy and Harry Dean Stanton bargaining for more money. Damn, we deserve a bigger cut. Right, we will go hunting for the alien if you give us a bigger cut. (laughs) Right, because they were essentially it wasn't their job to do this with the Marines. It was their job. Right. Um. Yeah, they kind of it, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was a different, a very different movie. Right. Uh, my, my favorite line from Alien is when John Hurt goes, oh no, not again. Oh wait. Yeah, that's Spaceballs. No Spaceballs. That's Spaceballs. Yep. Never mind, sorry. You're a year early. That's <laughs> right. All right. So, number six. I'm amazed this outgrows the aliens. $91.2 million. Back to school. Stay with. Right after this drink. <laughs> hey, what's a band without bubbles? Hey, bubbles, come over here, will you? Well. Oh, hi there. Hi. What's your favorite subject? Uh, poetry. Really? Well, maybe you can help me straighten out my Longfellow. We were at peak Dangerfield. Man. Yeah, Dangerfield was at a... At that, yeah, place. we were at our Dangerfield fever pitch because... Yeah. I remember liking this movie a lot as, as a, a kid, teenager. As a, as a kid, yeah, I remember liking it as a kid. Because, you I know, watch it there is one shot of boobs. This is back when PG-13 meant something. <laughs> no, well, no, PG-13 didn't come out till 84. Red yeah. Dawn was 84. I thought... Temp- I thought um, Temple of Doom was PG. That's right. I thought Temple of Doom was the first PG. No, it, it was one. It was one. That and Gremlins were the first two movies to initiate the need for a new rating. Yeah. Ah, okay, that's what it was. And I just that's watched a whole video on what happened. What the hell happened to PG thirteen? And, and that was the PG, thing. Is that PG thirteen is the new PG? PG thirteen. Back in the day, you were guaranteed at least one, one maybe two gratuitous boob shots and one fuck. <laughs> now. You don't you get it. You might any of that. get a fuck, but it's not guaranteed. I gotta say, no, the, the X Men movies are at least doing right. that. Yeah. The last three X Men movies have used the word fuck exactly yeah. once. Go so, fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. What'd you say to me? Fuck off. And then the the one with uh, Magneto in Apocalypse. 
Who the fuck oh, are you? I haven't watched that one yet. Me either. All right. It, it, I watched it once and it wasn't all that memorable. All right. Here, yeah. Here's the weird thing about That's Back to School. Bad. It's it features a young who I originally thought was gay, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> he looked heavily made up. It was the Coke, as we later found out. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if I could ever go back and watch this movie again. No, I couldn't. I mean, just the the triple Lundy scene, just coming oh. out of a filmmaker's background, knowing how poorly that that it was shot and edited. Yeah. Like that, you can't even like they couldn't even try to composite shots to make you actually see it from a distance. Yeah. Where you jump from one diving board to another diving board to another diving board. And then do a big flip. It was essentially close up of Rodney. Jump. Move your head over to get to the next one. Cut to the uh, cut to the crowd. Oh. Huh. How can we show him diving without actually showing him diving? That's what. That's do. what you do. He's yeah. like seventy years old at that point. Yeah. All right. I guess we have nothing to say about this no, one. But yeah. we will. I never saw it. Never saw it? Oh. I, I am so happy and blessed, I guess. It was such an HBO classic. Okay, number five, halfway through this list, grossing $109.7 million, Star Trek for The Voyage Home. Hello, we are looking for the nuclear vessels in Alameda. Could you tell me where... Can you Could help you, us? Please, we're looking for the naval base in Alameda. Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? Nope. Ooh, I don't know if I know the answer to that. I think it's across the bay. In Alameda. That's what I said. Alameda. Alameda. I know but that. But where is Alameda? My favorite of the Star Trek movies. My, my Joe said the same thing, and I, I will say that I... We bought that one on tape, and I watched that one to pieces. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my, my family... My family Wait. watched that one so much, I, I'm pretty sure I have most of the movie memorized. Right. Me too. Me too. Arguably the most entertaining Star Trek film. Yeah. I don't... I, I am not... Here's the thing. And it is not it's, my it's, favorite. It's high in amusement value. It's not. It is. It, it's not high in you know. It's not high in sci-fi. Actually. Well, this this is the olive branch to the non-trekkies. No. Yeah. No. You know what? No. This this is the olive branch to Gene, uh, Gene Roddenberry after the flailing he got for the motion picture. The motion picture was like eight years ago, eight years before this. Many many years. Well, the thing, yeah, the thing about after the motion picture. He pretty much got kicked out of Star Trek. They came out with Rapid Con. Yep. They came out with the two good movies. The yeah. two good movies. And then this is like, well, there's no act. There's really no action in this. They're going after a whale. Okay. No, you know you know what this was? This was a studio saying, okay, you did great with two. Three, you, you did good with, but we barely made our budget back. So here, we're going to make a fourth one with a much lower budget. Deal with that. Use yeah. the Night Court theme a lot. You're going to no hear... No space fights. Yep. Yeah, you have to you have to come to It's all gonna be in San Francisco. Earth. You have to be, come to Earth in the eighties and have one one city and yeah. Save save your oh, money. Save the whale. Yeah. Save 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 the whales. Save how the do you make Earth how do you make Star Trek on a budget? I don't I mean and I don't disagree with your captain. It's an entertaining movie. It's just I prefer I prefer Rapicon. No, I you know what? I don't I don't disparage you from that and Rapicon is a great movie right. but this movie has less traumatizing moments. Yeah. Yeah, there's I that. I did not have a nightmare dream about Grover driving into people's brains after seeing this movie. Nor this is such a alpha five! <laughs> <laughs> you weren't here for that one, Joe. Was he not here for the Star Trek? I'm out of control. No, he wasn't, he wasn't here for the vampire show. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. So anyway, um... <laughs> Well, the thing also with, with Paramount, Paramount was notoriously stingy with these they movies' still are. budgets. They still are. That's why they wore the same uniforms from two to the end. Yeah. Um, but what I meant by this being an olive branch also is that this is the least trekky, yeah, trek movie. Yeah. yeah. There's not a whole lot of like you have to do all this research because you know there's all this stuff tying into episode fifteen. Point three. But there is a lot of double dumbass on you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that was fun. That you know, a whole lot of the, the, yeah, I mean, the, the colorful whole, euphemisms. The whole and, fish out of water premise is that it works. It's actually a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. The the Vulcan neck pinch on the uh, the punker. Oh yeah. On the bus that gets the applause from everybody. That was that was excellent. And um, yeah. What I what I remember is we went to see it in in theaters, and like six. 
people, my mother remembers them as teenagers, I remember them in the late 20s, walk in, sit together, and they watch the movie, and we get to the end where they do the reveal of the ship. Yep. My mom sees the numbers and starts applauding. They didn't start applauding until they saw USS Enterprise. Because uh, my mom knew it was NCC 1701-A. Well, that was the A, yeah. but she she knew the... And she mentioned... She started explaining about Trekkies versus Star Trek fans to yep. me, and I promptly went home and started watching in syndication. Yeah. And Naria, the Enterprise was blown up since. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What I is can't... with that trope? Really? Blow up the Enterprise. Hey, when all else fails, blow it up. Blow it up good. Catherine uh, Hicks was actually quite attractive in this movie. I forgot she was in that one. I'm trying to remember who the woman was in this. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. The it, you know, I was actually asked on another podcast to rank all of the Star Trek movies. And for me, this ended up as number four. Yeah, it is. I'd say it's number no, two. No, no, in terms of just ranking them in my own personal preferences. Oh, okay. Because... Yeah, my, the, I mean, my own personal preferences, I'd probably like number two or three. Right. The, the, well, the first two Abrams movies filled my top three. Oh, I, well, so, if, you're, if you're counting all... Yeah, all. All. You right? have to count them all. They're all part of the same storyline, just so different timelines. You know what? Then I, I revise that, because for me, the Abrams are one and two. So I would, and I haven't, I haven't watched Beyond yet. So yeah, I haven't seen Beyond either. Of course, Beyond, Beyond, Beyond number, was, I'd say number four. You're right. I go with you. It's number we, four. On my list. We, we saw Beyond. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it's, I've heard it's excellent. It's, I heard it's I an excellent movie. It. It's too bad they're making money. Yeah, I yeah, know. Probably exactly. gonna lose a little bit of money too. That's too bad. God damn it, Justin Lin. So anyway, shall we move on? Yeah, sure. We still have a lot of movies to talk about. We're almost forty minutes in. So all right. So the next one, number four, hundred fifteen point one million dollars. Karate Kid Part Two. Well, where are we going? Just that thing make you feel better. Probably got work for me to do. If nail on head. Yeah, well, how come every time I have a problem, you have work for me to do? Cosmic coincidence. The, the thing, glory of love. I was going to say, the uh, only thing that stands out about, uh, about this movie for me is, is the sound, the, the, that song. That Peter and, like, Cetera. the tea ceremonies. The tea ceremonies. That's about yeah. all I remember. And All I remember is my friend Ian just, like, Calling out people, like, when he would show up at your house, it'd be like, Miyagi! Come on, fight! Coward! <laughs> I just remember this movie being pretty much a shot-for-shot remake of the first one. Oh, this movie it is... Just a, it took place in Japan. Oh. Yeah. You know, here's what I really take away from this movie, was that fucking stupid <laughs> beginning of the movie. No, not the thing where he's rubbing his hands together. No, 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 the, the, the little drum thing. In the, the, the explanation. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. do that. They'll beat him. The explanation that Elizabeth Shue dumped him. Oh, yeah. Seriously? How do you write an actress out of a movie? <laughs> there you go. How could you not fucking afford Elizabeth Shue at that point, either? <laughs> <laughs> Well, didn't didn't she have to go and do uh, Back to the Future Part That two? was four years later. Oh, okay. Remember? <laughs> oh my I, God! Yeah, I I really don't have anything to say about this movie. Nope. Just the song. That's all. Like a night in shining armor. I love that song. From a long time ago. That was nominated for an Oscar, by the way. Just letting you guys I know that right now. Well, sometimes there's a bad year. I think I watched that bon- a bunch on HBO, and I still don't remember much about it. No, I remember the first one a lot more because it actually is a decent movie. Yeah. And if you're facing someone that's a lot more talented at karate than you, just flare your arms from side to side and you'll beat them. Yes, exactly. Give me the frog as a karate master. Yeah. My God, you do kung fu like one of those inflatable things in front of a used car lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that brings us to number three, then, now, doesn't it? Sure. What a, what a segue. $138.5 million for the year's best picture winner, Platoon. I remember when you first came in here, telling me how much you admired the bastard. I was wrong. Wrong. You ain't never been right about nothing. And dig this, you assholes, and dig it good. Bond's been shot seven times. And he ain't dead. Does that mean anything to you, huh? Bond's ain't meant to die. The only thing that could kill Bond's is Bond's. 
in my opinion, and, you know, Steve, shut your dirty whore mouth, this is the best Vietnam movie ever made. Never seen it. Easily. You've never I'm, seen I'm not, it? I'm not big on war films. Okay, yeah. this movie is a war film that doesn't crack you over the head with the fog of war. I mean, there is. There's a lot of there's a lot of naval gazing in this movie. It's Oliver Stone. You kind of have to do that. But the differentiation is the two sergeants. Well, you know, there's um, Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe and, and um, Tom Berenger. Tom Berenger yeah. And Tom Berenger is just the win-at-all-cost guy with the scars on his face, and he will he kill his own men. He will kill his own men to achieve his mission. Whereas Willem Dafoe is more like the benevolent Jesus-like. The cool guy. He's, He's the, the one. that The poster that you see of the Christ figure, that's him being shot up by the, the Viet Cong. Uh, but it is oh such a good such movie. Such a good movie. This is this is kind of any thoughts? Isn't this the movie that kind of put Oliver Stone on the map? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a and made Charlie Sheen into a viable actor. actor. He is very good in this. There's a lot of people in this movie. Johnny Depp is in this movie. This is like the first real movie that Tom Berenger kind of. Broke Tom Berenger, Willem Dafoe. This was. Willem Dafoe had played a series of like creepy villains at that point. Right. Before yeah. that, he was in To Live and Die in L.A. the year before. Um, this oh, is. So he plays Christ after this. Yeah, it, the, um, two years from then. Yeah, he does the Last Temptation of Christ. But um, yeah, you know who's in this movie too is uh, Corey Glover from Living Color. Oh, that's right. He's like one of the last guys yep. to survive. Um, John John G. McKinley's in this from Scrubs. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was in all of Oliver Stone's movies. He shows up in every single one of them. You know, the real, the one really good thing I have to say about this movie is that without this movie, we probably would have never gotten Hot Shots. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Especially that great scene in Hot Shots part in Youth. <laughs> Charlie Sheen's on the boat, passes the boat by Martin Sheen. <laughs> I loved you in that in Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, do yourself a favor. Next time you're having an you know an Oscar winner's evening, check this movie out. It's so it is so good. It's and the beauty is movie. too is that it doesn't it doesn't age. And and and, and, and nothing against Full Metal Jacket, which is an excellent movie. Full Metal Jacket. This is way way better. My opinion on Full Metal Jacket is is that it is the Use Your Illusions one and two of Vietnam movies, yeah. meaning that there was a really good movie in there. With another movie that was kind of jackhammered in, kind of like Use Your Illusions one and two. Yeah. They 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 the the two parts together make one really good album. A lot of shitty filler. But um, yeah. The, what do you remember? Um, Full Metal Jacket, Paris Island. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You remember Paris Island and Sucky Sucky Fucky, and that's about it. That's it. After 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 they graduate and go back and go to Saigon. After they go to Saigon and get propositioned by a prostitute. That's it. I don't even remember there wasn't there's a movie. You just remember Arlie Ermey. That's it. Yep. Yeah, I was wondering which movie he was in. Yeah, Full Metal Jacket. That'll be next year. All right. Tear you up like a tissue in a It's not party. We're gonna we're gonna tear through you like Garfield tears the lasagna. I'm sorry, I told that to my wife last night. She thought it was gangbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, number two. One hundred and seventy four point eight million dollars. Crocodile Dundee. Now, Peter, this is your silverware. You see, this is your fork, and this is a knife. That's not a knife. That's a knife. This is also a knife. Oh. Well, I'll be on my way. I want to see more of him and then suddenly none of him. Forever. I watched this not too long and the, ago. And, and, the, and the sad part is, all after this movie, everything just became Australian. Oh, playing out a shrimp with a Barbie. Like, in a Shut up! bad, in a bad way too. It's and like, everybody wanted to drink Foster's. All the goodwill that we had gotten out of Men at Work and in excess just flushed down that toilet, pissed, pissed away, pissed away. Yeah, I, I was actually just, I was just watching the trailer again t- today, just to remind myself. I was just watching it. And I was like, oh. I only remember a couple things. I don't things remember from the movie. this movie. This uh, movie and let me guess, bad. one of them is not the whole. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Yeah, one of the other. That's another thing. Where he's at a party and he's smoking a. Uh, he's he's smoking weed, and a woman comes by, takes a hit off, and goes, "That's good shit." Walks away, and he goes, "Shit." 
only thing that stands out for me is the one scene with Linda Kozlowski when she's almost getting, gets, uh, oh, oh yeah, she's gets, bending gets, over it in one the piece. Thong. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, third, you know, 12 year old me is like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I wasn't gonna fall asleep, but you got my attention now, movie, and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're going to New York now. Oh, okay. Fuck this shit. <laughs> I, I, I watched the, I watched the clip of him, like, doing the this and that thing. And we, like, sliced the guy's, like, shirt or jacket over, and I'm like, that's one of the worst edited scenes I've ever seen. It was the he, like, he presses the knife against it, and then suddenly it's gashed wide open. Yep. God. Oh. How do you get that knife over through customs, too? Well, it's 1986. Yeah, he can stuff anything in his locker. Well, as long as you try to do that to kill a, to kill a terrorist, we're okay. <laughs> You're not a terrorist, are you? <laughs> Um, no, no Australians drink Fosters, by the way. No, they no, don't. It's like no. I don't know a single Irish person who drinks Killians. Yeah, it's, it's they laugh at you hard. So it's it, an American invention. Yeah, yeah. just like Fosters. <laughs> it's Australian for piss. The, the, <laughs> there's the only good thing about Crocodile Dundee is it gave us that really awesome Simpsons episode. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife. That's a spoon. All right, all right, you win. <laughs> I see you've played Knifey Spoony before. Oh, God, oh, the best God, episode yeah. in Simpsons history. <laughs> Bart versus Australia. Yeah. yeah. We're disparaging the boot as a bootable offense. <laughs> <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Don't watch Crocodile Dundee when what? it turns 30 this fall. Go watch that episode of The Simpsons. It's a lot better. <laughs> You'll thank me for it. And the Australians will thank you. Yeah. All right. And finally... Topping out the year, $176.7 million. I don't even want to know what that is in adjusted money. <laughs> Top Gun. In case some of you wonder who the best is, they're up here on this plaque on the wall. The best driver in his reel from each class has his name on it. And they have the option to come back here to be Top Gun instructors. You think your name's gonna be on that plaque? Yes, sir. That's pretty arrogant, considering the company you're in. Yes, sir. I like that in the pilot. I did a little yeah. bit of research. Top gun. Good. Right there. I did a little bit of research. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, you wanna go play volleyball now, there, man? <laughs> you should have seen the look on Catherine's face. <laughs> I did some research on, I figured that naval recruitment went up 500%. And can you imagine how pissed off they were when they went to boot camp? What do you mean I'm not going to fly in that 14? Wait. I have a story. Oh, here we go. go. All right. There you go. Bachelor Kelly McGillis? What the hell? All right. I have a story. No, it doesn't involve me. It involves a college friend of mine, Chris, who joined the Navy right out of high school because of Top Gun. He watched this thing for years. He was a year younger than me. So he had a couple of years to watch this movie and just get his amp on and all that. He's going to fly jets for the Navy. Recruiter shows up at high school. In the whites. He showed fuck up in yes. the whites. Yep. And this is down south, too. Oh. So, fuck yes. I'm joining the Navy, man. I'm going to do it. All right, great. They do all the basic training. They do everything. Nary a mention about flying planes. All right? <laughs> so finally, gets his first assignment. When, am I, uh, I, when do I get to fly the planes? You don't. You're 6'4". You don't fit in the planes. <laughs> no, they don't, what they don't tell you is, like, you need um, bachelor's in engineering to be a pilot. Yep. You had to go through a shit ton of... You need 20-20 vision. 20, yeah, vision yeah, and you have to be a very specific height. Yep, and according yep. to this movie, daddy issues. Massive, <laughs> massive <laughs> daddy issues. <laughs> Because breaking every regulation will not get you grounded in the Navy. No, that will get you ass-raped in the clank. Yeah. It's funny, you mentioned this, you said that. I mean, when I went to college, I went to a military school, and a few guys that I went with were Navy Reserves, who had joined right after high school, after watching Top Guy, and they are like, I've never been so disillusioned in my life. <laughs> that movie is the biggest crock of shit. Oh, yeah. I never figured out, though, and Joe, because you, you probably have the, the most military knowledge in any of us filming, filming this room right now. Why doesn't the Air Force fly the planes? Well, the Air 
the Navy flies planes for fleet defense. So, oh. so basically, the offic- officially, when the Navy started getting planes, it was to defend the ships from other ships and from other planes, from enemy air forces. Because at the time, enemy air forces couldn't fly far enough. You know, no. our air force couldn't fly far enough to defend our ships. So. Oh, okay. Because I, the closest I ever came to to coming anywhere near the military was air force. Yeah. So, eh. long story. A sad ending. From the from my twenties, right, we don't talk about that, that anymore. There we go. The closest I ever came to this movie was repeatedly killing the shirtless men in Borderlands Two. <laughs> playing, playing with the. Oh boys. my God! Did nobody see the subtext in this movie <laughs> during the height of the uh, AIDS, AIDS epidemic? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, the, and I'm the, not laughing at the age. No, we just no. had a fucking blinders on for all this. It's like, well, these dudes are macho. Why? Because they're in the military. Yeah, yeah but they're shirtless and oiled and playing volleyball and then right, touching exactly, each other. Because if I'm playing ball, volleyball with a bunch of guys, I'm going to sit there and flex in front of them. Yeah. <sighs> Look at me. Yeah. And my traditional 80s short shorts. Yeah. yeah. They all had like those basketball shorts, the nut huggers from the eighties. <laughs> you, you can barely get me out of a shirt to go swimming. You think I'm gonna play Exactly. Volleyball? Yeah, the only thing I can really remember from seeing that movie is that that was the first time I ever remember seeing French Kiss. Yep. Cause in you know, in that you know, the oh, love the scene. Shadow, the, the yeah, the, the shadowy shadow, you see the yeah. tongue going out. I was like well, the first time I saw it I was like, You can do that? <laughs> Wow! <laughs> I gotta try that. <laughs> no, forget no, forget everything else. You, you, I gotta try the French kissing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> forget right. everything else that they're doing. Not that teenagers know anything about it. That's right. Yeah, I, oh, tongues a whorl. <laughs> <laughs> the first time you French kiss somebody, and then you come away, and you both are like wiping your mouth. Yeah. No, no, it's it's actually weirder when you're not aware that it's coming, and then you're and like, then what, like the what, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what the? Oh, okay. <laughs> I like this. Oh, God. Oh, I've got stories of people you know. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. We, we all went to high school together. To yeah. Well, I don't know, so you can tell me. No, yeah. <laughs> not on it. It's, a, it's not all on mutual air. people that we, we know. all know. Well, you guys don't have to listen. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. All right, and the other thing with this movie, too, they had no chemistry. No. Oh, God. Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis had, like, zero chemistry. Well, I mean, knowing what we know about Kelly McGillis Did she fall off the face of the planet immediately after this movie? Yeah. Well, Tom Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is... is Questionable. Questionable. He's he's, he's the lamb of God. We don't want Scientology... Coming after us. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't have chemistry with a, with a whole lot of his female co-stars. I'm just going to say that. But damn, with Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, great. Oh yeah, great. Even even though Kilmer top, I think that's the only scene I, I've ever seen where you actually see how short Tom Cruise is compared, compared to, to yeah to everybody, everybody else. Every other movie you see him in. You don't see him that close. You don't see no, him. You can't wear lifts when you're barefoot. <laughs> well, you think, well, the thing is, you think, I know Val Kilmer's about average height. Yeah. But based on that, you're thinking he's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Actors are fucking short to begin with. Well, some of them are. Most there's, of them There's are. a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackman is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Playing the, playing the Wolverine who's supposed to be like 5'4". Five five yeah, 5'3". Five, five, three, five, three. That role could have been Glenn Danzig's. All right, so let it go. That's the that's the top ten. Now, um, everyone, we get to talk about some of the movies we want to talk about. Uh, hold that thought, Andy. As we should have suspected, discussing the films of a year so very packed with excellence, this episode did go a bit long. So, in order to make this giant size episode a bit more palatable, it has been cut in half. This means that you should be able to come back in about a week or so and hear us go on and on about some more of our personal favorite movies of 1986. So, until the next half, this is Mike reminding you to always go forth and be nerdy. See you later.
Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Um, he's sick. My best friend's sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend heard from this guy who knows this kid is going with the girl who saw Ferris pass out at 31 Flavors last night. I guess it's pretty serious. Thank you, Simone. 